gotta love Sidney Crosby. Sid absolutely torments the Philadelphia Flyers. He is our greatest general in the war against the great enemy. Three apples, plus three. Penguins win at Philly, 5-2. That's 5-2, just like the score in Cups. The Flyers have now lost four in a row. The Penguins have won three in a row and are in first place. And just like that, it seems like the world has returned to its intended order. My name is Mark Madden. I am a super genius with a tested IQ of 166, and you can't teach that. 412-333-WXDX is the number to call, or follow me on Twitter, at MarkMaddenX. Today is International Women's Day, also known as Make Your Own Sandwich Day. So bring on the lady callers, 412-333-WXDX. Kevin Stevens, the all-time Penguin great, joins me at 3.30 p.m. to talk about his recovery from opioid use. That's Big Artie, Kevin Stevens, two-time Stanley Cup winner, right here on the X at 3.30. The Penguins weren't that great last night. Mostly the Flyers sucked, which is fine by me. It was the perfect kind of win over the Flyers. It was one zip pens, and then the Flyers got two goals in less than four minutes to take a 2-1 lead early in the second period. That's great. You want to give them hope. But the pens just took over from there. Three goals by the second intermission, and that was all she wrote. Connor Sherry with a couple goals. He's back in the picture. I'll talk about that later. I'm liking Jamie Alexiak more and more. He scored a goal and got a little greasy at the end when he kind of headbutted a guy. He might get suspended a game or two, but I liked it. Gino had two points, including the empty net goal. He now has 46 points in his past 26 games. That's 1.77 points per game, which would be the third highest mark of all time. Right now... At this moment, Evgeny Malkin is the best hockey player in the world. Since January 1, that's been the case. Sid's up to 1,100 career points now. For anybody else, that would be a really big deal. For Sid, it's just a pit stop on the way to 1,500. So that was a great result at Philadelphia last night. Not all good news, though. Brian Russ got hurt. And Dominic Simone got hurt. Riley Shane had to play left wing. Michael Schenker was brilliant at Carnegie Music Center last night. 150 minutes of nonstop aural assault with a flying V guitar. Wow. Lev Bell update. He says on Instagram, he will be at the facility by week one. But then he said it might be week four. He said it would be a rerun of last season. No OTAs, no minicamp, etc. Bell said he is going to play. He just doesn't know when. Let's be honest. Le'Veon Bell's a dink. When he stops being a dink, 
it'll be a lot easier to figure out what he's going to do. But Lev Bell will never stop being a dink. He's a great back, not as good as Todd Gurley, but a great back. But beyond football, Lev Bell is just a dink. I bet his teammates think he's a dink, except the ones who are also dinks, like most of his teammates. Pitt fired Kevin Stallings, the men's basketball coach. Wow, never saw that coming after an 0-18 season in the conference. I have no idea who the new coach will be, but it won't matter. Basketball is dead at Pitt for at least the next half decade. They might as well make the Pete an ice rink and start Division I hockey. I don't see Pitt getting a named candidate because I just don't see Pitt paying what's necessary to get a named candidate. Pitt is trying to screw Stallings on his buyout. More on that later. There's an article in the paper about how Lev Bell shouldn't be hated because he's trying to get what he thinks he deserves. And that's true. Bell should be hated because he's an egomaniacal jerk who can't rap. Bell shouldn't be hated, but he should be ridiculed because he doesn't deserve what he thinks he deserves. The Steelers offered Bell $13.3 million per season, and that is absurdly high for a running back in a passing league, yet Bell still wants more. That's where the problem is. If Bell doesn't miss any games, and if he plays well, and his start's not slow like it was last year when he showed up late, then this could work out perfectly for the Steelers. Running backs in the NFL have a short shelf life. The wheels do fall off. Taking it one year at a time is what's best for the Steelers when it comes to Bell, although it is expensive. So just keep franchising Bell, and when he starts to suck or the injuries pile up, you ditch him. And that could very easily be sooner and not later. By the way, no one has yet told me how Bell had a better year last year than Todd Gurley of the L.A. Rams. Mostly the Bell fanboys say, well, he just did. You know, the prevalent argument is that Bell caught more balls than Gurley, so he's clearly a better receiver. I'm not buying it. Gurley had more receiving yards than Lev Bell, and his yards per catch average was almost two times what Bell's was. If you catch 100 balls for a total of 200 yards, does that make you a good receiver? Well, then I guess we said that about Hines Ward, didn't we? Remember at the end when Hines was trying to get, what was it, to 1,000 catches? One yard. One yard. Two yards. No yards. Uh, Antonio Brown restructured his contract today to help the Steelers with the cap. But like Ed Bouchette of the Post-Gazette tweeted, let's stop saying that Antonio Brown helped the Steelers by restructuring his contract to create cap room. It benefits Brown because he gets all that money in a guaranteed bonus instead of a salary. Amen to that. Bell gets more money up front. Everybody wants that. 
Yvonne Nova will start the Pirates opener. Jamison Tyon will start the Pirates home opener. And besides that, they're screwed. I mean, Musgrove and Cole, Trevor Williams is okay. But if he's your number three starter, you're screwed. Glasnow's ERA in spring training is just under 12. And Glasnow is 24. That's not old for a pitcher, but it's not young. Glasnow's just rotten. I wonder what the expectations are for him. Maybe as long as he keeps his ERA under his age. The Penguins' next game is at Toronto on Saturday. Austin Matthews is back practicing after injuring his shoulder on February 22. That's the Leafs' wonder kid. Uh, Toronto is 1-4 in games Matthews has missed and have lost the last four in a row. No word on whether Matthews will be back Saturday for that game against the Penguins. I think he should take it easy with that shoulder and, and sit out at least through Saturday because Austin Matthews is one great player. You know, Penguin fans should celebrate. Not just the win over Philadelphia last night, although, like always, it was great. But boy, we are in a golden era of Penguins hockey. Three or four superstar players operating at the peak of their powers. The puck moves around like it's on a friggin' string. It's a highly skilled, entertaining, and enjoyable team with personalities that are very likable. Like I said, a golden era. By the way, Tristan Jari was solid again last night in goal, 26 saves. And you got to like Sid being named number one star in Philadelphia. I bet they really enjoyed announcing that. Uh, Sid didn't take a spin when it was announced on the PA, though. He didn't rub it in. Sid, I thought I raised you better than that. This is the Mark Madden Show. Kevin Stevens joins me at 3.30. Josh Showey at 4.30. It's the best hockey talk in town. Right here on the home of the Penguins, 105.9 The X. Mark Madden. Mark, huge fan. Love the show. Because that's what you got to do. Hey, Mark, big fan and all that. I, 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 I think you're on to something. Hey. The X at 105.9. I will be at the fabulous Cal's Cantina in McKeesport on Saturday to watch the Penguins play the Maple Leafs. Cal's is the place to be to watch the Penguins in McKeesport. I got no fire shirts left, but I got a bunch of freebies and we can talk hockey. That's Cal's Cantina in McKeesport on Saturday night. It's a little thing, but I loved Geno's empty net goal last night. A, that's how you win scoring titles. Geno's only two points back now, and he has more goals than Kucherov, so he'd win the tiebreaker if it comes to that. B, it put the game away. It reminded me of Mario. Dialed up long distance and right in the center of the net. Gino is the best player in the league right now. Tell me who's better. Right now, Gino is number one and has been since January 1st. He makes play after play after play, and his finishing is clinical. And even when Gino doesn't dominate, like last night, he gets two points. Gino is the hockey. What Todd Gurley is to running backs. Bada boom, smartest guy in the room. When you think about the Lev Bell situation in Pittsburgh, think about the Richard Sherman situation in Seattle, the quarterback. 
He was all pro from 2012 to 15, including three times first team all pro. He made the Pro Bowl from 2013 to 16. He got hurt last year in Week 10 and was out for the season. And now Sherman's going to get cut by Seattle because he is a nonstop pain in the ass, and they're tired of dealing with him. He's 29. That's not young for cornerback. He's probably going to fade. But he hasn't yet. But they're cutting him because he's a jerk. He's divisive. And they can't stand him. That's how employment works. Or unemployment, as the case may be. Let's go to Dennis and Elizabeth. Dennis, you're on with the super genius. Dennis, you're on the air. Hey, Mark. Um, I'm not complaining. Uh, Penguins is my favorite uh, professional team. Um, the one thing that I see last year, uh, I really like Sherry on uh, Crosby and Gensel's line, um, and then he had a couple goals last night. I would say at the end of last year, I thought that line was like one of the best lines in hockey like the last month. And then in the last game of the Stanley Cup Finals, they played together. This year, for every reason, I just don't understand why they don't put them together as often. Because Sherry's not done very well at all this year. He had a decent yeah. start, and he got a couple goals last night. But at one point, he had, what was it, four goals in 42 games. I understand that. But if I look at the stats correctly, I see Sherry for this year's six on the team of goals only behind Malkin, Crosby, Kessel, Hornquist. Yeah, I, I guess you didn't hear when I just said at one point he had four goals in 42 games after a good start. Yeah, but you always say that he's not a third or fourth line player, but he's played on there. that. Well, maybe he'll hold the spot on Sid's line for the time being, but I still think when everybody's healthy, he's not going to play with Sid and is more likely right. to play with Broussard and Kessel on the left wing. Uh, part of it is that he's small, and teams have figured out that when he does the give-and-go with Sid, which is Sid's preferred method of play, the minute Sherry gives, just hit him. Rub him out. He's easy to stop, and he can't get to the go. I mean, right. you have to consider all options, and you can't go by how a line played last year. And for that matter, you say that, uh, what, Sherry played good in the last game of the playoffs? I know he didn't score a goal. And I know we only had, what was it, a, a couple playoff goals. Well, you're not constructing the team for the comfort and success of Connor Sherry. You're constructing the team to try to win Stanley Cups, and Mike Sullivan's proven he's pretty good at determining what works. I agree with that. The only thing I say is, is Crosby is a shrieky goal scorer, just like you say that uh, Sherry is, too. Dude, dude, he's won the National Hockey League Rocket Richard Trophy for most goals in a season twice. Absolutely. And you're criticizing his goal scoring? You're saying there's a flaw in it? No, I'm not. I am not saying that. That They come in bunches for everybody. All I'm no, no, actually they don't. Some guys score uh, one a game. Some guys score in bunches. Some guys score occasionally in bunches. And the rest of the time, one a game. You're, 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 you're acting like everybody is the same type of score. No. I mean, and you want um, to accommodate Connor Sherry. Why do you want to accommodate Connor Sherry? I'd rather Connor Sherry play on Sid's line instead of Dominic Simone. That's all I'm saying. Well, Dominic Simone hasn't played on Sid's line in quite some time, so ain't we both content? What about Hornquist on Sid's line? He got hurt. No, he wasn't. He was on the third line playing left wing until he got hurt. Rust was on the Sid line till he got yeah. hurt. Well, okay. Thank you for the call. Up next, talking about his battle with opioids, 
doing a lot of public speaking in that vein. He's in time for the Mario Lemieux Fantasy Camp. One of hockey's great guys and a two-time Stanley Cup champion, it's all-time Penguin great Kevin Stevens. Big Artie up next on 105.9 The X. This is Sidney Crosby of the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're listening to Mark Madden and the best hockey talk on 105.9 The X. My guest right now is one of the Penguins' all-time greats. He's in town now for the Mario Lemieux Fantasy Camp and will be back in Pittsburgh April 3rd to speak about his battle with opioid use. It's Big Artie, Kevin Stevens. Artie, how are things going at the fantasy camp? I hear you're playing through some injury. Oh, Marcus, you wouldn't believe it. Yeah. Play, I don't know how many years I've been playing hockey. You know, I played 15, 16 years games. I've never had a lace play. I come to this fantasy camp, I can't even walk. I got lace play. It's like, I haven't, I haven't seen it. You're supposed to get a lace play when you sweat. I haven't sweat in two years. I still got lace play. You know? <laughs> well, you're a gutsy competitor. I'm sure you'll, you'll play through it. Uh, what, what's it like being on skates again? And with, Mario out there, too, and a lot of guys you played with and against. I know Paul Coffey showed up today. That's yeah. got to feel real special. Yeah, it's good. It's great to be back, you know, here in Pittsburgh with these guys. There's so many good guys here, Mark. You know all the guys. It's, uh, it's the same, you know, it's the same crew, and it just seems like it, it seems like we never left. You know, it brings back great memories, and uh, just hanging out with those guys. You know how the locker room is being around those guys. And we had so many special moments here, a lot of. Well, guys, you know, I, I know two league here, too. We had a great bunch of guys, Mario and then Nancy. They do a great job bringing in good guys. Now, you're coming back to Pittsburgh April 3rd to talk about your substance abuse problems for a group called Family Links and for your group, the Power Forward Foundation. That's got to be hard for you to do, Artie, but also very rewarding, I'm sure. Yeah, it is, Mark. It's, um, it's tough, you know, to kind of... Um, you know, the situation, if you look at the whole situation, how it all happened and how this thing all went down, you know, it was, uh, you know, it, it, it kind of was one of those things where, you know, I, I didn't hit it. I hit a picture at 20 years old. I was on top of the world. When I hit it. You know, I never, and that's what I kind of, you know, I talked about, you know, with kids and people about choices. You know, I made one bad choice in a 30 second decision and it kind of put my life in a 24 year little spin here, you know? So it's, um, yeah, it's a tough story and it's a tough, um, but I think, you know, with what I did and who I, I can reach people that maybe other people can't reach. And I think, uh, you know, I'm here to help people. I got help to get to where I am right now, and it's been very important for me to go out and, you know, try to help people. And, I, and that's what Family Links does, and it's going to be a good partnership. So hopefully we'll be able to help some people and get them going in the right direction, Marcus, you know. Now, you're clean going on two years, which is terrific. How tough has the recovery been, and does it get easier as time goes on? Yeah, it definitely gets easier. You know, it was, uh, the first eight, eight or nine months, it, it's kind of tough because you're, you're still in that, in that mode, you know, feeling bad for yourself, you know, what I did, how I did this. And it's kind of, uh, it takes a little while to get that purpose of life back. You know, in addiction, it's kind of, you get in this rut where you're kind of stuck and you really don't have a purpose. You know, you go through life just trying to maintain that, you know, not being sick, trying to opiate stuff. And it really takes you down a road that's very hard to recover from. So you pull yourself out of it. If you're an addict and, you know, an addiction, you need to pull yourself out of it for a while. You can't, not 30 days. It's not, you know, two months. It's it's time to, to realize there's a purpose for you again. There was a purpose for me again. And I kind of realized that after eight or nine months, and I feel great now, you know, it's, I'm really feel good, which is, you know, which is it's a miracle, Marcus. I didn't know, you know, if I could have that happen again, you know. Now, how much did the hockey lifestyle 
contribute to your addictions because drinking's part of the hockey culture, but not really drugs, not so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drinking, you know, having beers with guys after games, that was just part of it. And uh, drinking, I never put drinking in front of hockey. Never, I never thought I'd put anything ever in front of hockey, Mark. You know, you know, type of person I was and how I how I wanted, you know, the biggest thing for me was how we're going to win that game that night. And I was, I loved every part of it. I loved being on the team. I loved being in that atmosphere. But, but being in the NHL, yeah, it's, it's, you know, I think, you know, I, I hit that, that part of it being by, you know, being in action, being in that lifestyle. And, and I think the biggest thing, the hardest thing for me was when I, when I did get into trouble, when I did go into rehabs and try to get clean, I went right back into hockey again. You know, I didn't, give myself enough time really to to get clean and get sober and find a different way of life. I kind of got thrown back into the the part of it, which, you know, it's not everybody's fault. It's just the nature of the beast. And, um, you know, it was tough for me. And it definitely, uh, you know, I, you know, action, that's that's what we grew up on. You know, we grew up playing hockey, and that's all, all the things that are part of it is, is, you know, it's a lot of fun if you can handle it. And I, I found out that I couldn't handle it after I got into drugs. Now, you talked about the one bad decision you made that affected uh, a quarter century of your life. That was using cocaine for the first time, if memory yeah. serves. Talk about that night and just how that happened and how quickly things got out of control. Yeah, it happened uh, just like any other night when we were playing the Rangers. We had just won two cups. We were going for our third Stanley Cup when I was out in a nightclub like with all the guys, and someone handed me this thing, and now I know it was cocaine. I had no idea what cocaine was. I never did a drug market. I never smoke pot never did anything so when someone handled it, i was kind of like you know i i I didn't really you know i didn't know what to think so like i said it was a 30 second decision i went in and did it and and i made that choice you know i made that choice to kind of it didn't like that night i just thought you know i was having a good time i didn't think anything i knew nothing about addiction i didn't know i had this gene in my head i knew nothing about this i knew nothing about that so I just thought it was going to be another night. I'd get up the next day, and the thing would be great. But as it, as it kind of progressed down the road, you know, I, I had this thing, and it was in my mind, and my this obsession that was kind of controlling, not controlling me, but it was there. And I never, ever had anything that got in the way of hockey. You know, nothing was always 100% hockey. And it was kind of like ate at me a little bit. It wasn't like I was doing it all the time. It was just in my mind, and it kind of took me down this this road where – you know, as you do it more, then you get it more. It's just, it's just a progression. Addiction is progression. And it took me down a road that, you know, that one decision took me, you know, 24 years to get, get my life back. We're talking to Kevin Stevens. He's in time for the Mario Lemieux Fantasy Camp. He'll be speaking on behalf of Family Links and the Power Forward Foundation about opioid use in Pittsburgh on April 3rd. Uh, you had that real bad collision in 93 in that playoff game against the New York Islanders, Artie, and you had to have your face reconstructed. How much did that contribute to your problems with opioids? Yeah, I think that started it with the opioids, but, you know, like we just talked about that night in New York City, it was kind of opened up the can of worms, Mark. It's kind of like, you know, it was kind of like it already opened. I'm not sure if that injury would have, like, activated. might have maybe, but I didn't. I didn't get into opiates, like, all the time. Like, when I was playing, I never did opiates. I kind of, when I retired, I got hurt in a gym and someone handed me That's when it kind of took off for me. And I, like I said, I already opened up that can of worms. And I already got a taste for pain medication. And, and that's when it kind of took off in my life. It kind of took me down this path that, you know, that I never knew I'd go. But it just, um, 
you know, having this gene and being an addict, you know, I had to accept it. It took me a long time to do that. And, uh, you know, it was painful. It, it, it hurt. You know, there's a lot of pain. I think when the pain gets so bad, that's when you're kind of going to put a halt to it. But it took me a long time to kind of get it. Now, the Penguins have been great, I know, through your problems. I know Mario has helped Mark Recchi. And, of course, you're scouting for the Penguins, correct? Yes, yes. So I'm doing college uh, free agent stuff, which is good because my son plays at Yale. And I can go watch him and I can watch the other teams he plays. So it's been great. The Penguins have been great. Mario's been great. Rex brought me into the rookie camp. and kind of like that kind of opened up the eyes again. I got to see some of my friends that I haven't seen in a while because you know, addiction kind of isolates people. And, you know, as much as they want to help, you know, I'm the one that has to take the first step. And it was great to get there. And Mr. Rutherford, who I didn't know at all, you know, he was, you know, he was gracious enough to give me a job. You know, he didn't have to do that. You know, and uh, he let me come back and, and be part of this organization, which I've always loved. You know, that's the only thing I really, only team I ever want to see do well. And, uh, you know, I'm just happy to be back. I'm happy to feel good and be part of these guys again. You know, it's fun. Well, like I mentioned a bit ago, uh, you're sober, you're clean going on two years. Why do you think it's working this time? Because you have tried before. Yeah, it's, um, I don't know why it's, you know, I don't know why it's working. It's not really, you know, you kind of get into a point where in your life where I, I guess it was enough was enough. You kind of get to a point where you say, you know, I got to, uh, I got to kind of go one way or the other. It's another choice. You know, I got to make a right decision or a left turn, a right turn, a left turn. I made a right turn and. I use the people I need to use to help me get clean, help me get sober, live aware markets that, you know, that I'm happy with. You know, like before I was trying to get sober, I didn't want to be sober. You know, I want, I wanted to be part of something. I don't know what, but I didn't. And this time I kind of bought into the, the whole program, the whole, the way you got to live. And, you know, and then as time went on, like I said, I, I, I start to feel a purpose again. I get a job back here in Pittsburgh, I get my friends back. It's like, It'd be crazy for me to, you know, to go out and, and, and but you know what, and go out and do something. But it's one day at a time for me, Margaret. I, I really have to live that way because I know, you know, tomorrow it could be different. You know, if I don't, if I don't do what I'm supposed to do and keep this thing right up front, you know, then, then my life, my life will be great if I keep this in the number one slot, which I never did before, you know. Now, when you make your speeches like you will on April 3rd in Pittsburgh, and that's going to be at the PPG Paints Arena in one of the conference rooms, by the way. When you talk, do you swear? Because, Artie, that's a big part of your delivery. I, I hope you swear. Drop a few F-bombs. I mean, come on. Oh, I know, Mario. Yeah, you, used to, you used to hear me from in that press box when I was getting a penalty. That was, you know, my, mother, my mother heard that back in Pembroke. You know? but, uh, yeah, it's uh, different audiences, Marcus. You gotta be, you know, you, we all change the way we talk to them with different people. But, it's, yeah, it's... You know, I talk to a lot of teams, hockey teams, and, you know, I relate to them people a little better. And then, you know, when you're on groups, it's, it's you know, what a good thing about a market is about when I do my speech, it's kind of, it's my story, so I know it's not a motivational story. I just tell the truth. I try to, you know, tell people I made a bad choice, and, you know, and I tell them the path it took me. And, like, you know, these people, you don't know. I didn't know. I remember, like, people sitting there talking to me when I'm sitting in those seats at, at the Civic Arena, someone coming and talking to me. I'm saying, you know, I want to, all I want to do is take a nap, you know, Marcus. And like, you know, that now I'm the person up there talking, and that, that's how that's how things can turn, and that's how I kind of turn. It's a bad choice. I made some bad choices and put me in this situation. What's your take on the Penguins now? Going for three Stanley Cups in a row, you're one of the few guys who really knows what it's like because you gave it a run with the Penguins in '93. 
Yeah, it's um, you know it, it, it's great to see they have a, they have a chance. Where, you know, I, you know, you know how it is. It's so hard to win a Stanley Cup, and they're in the mix. You know, they're going to be right there again. They have they have players that know how to win. They have players that know how to crank it up at the right time, and uh, you know they have the ability to do that. They have the ability to to play well when they really have to, and uh, they get enough big players to do it. And I think they're going to give their best shots and uh, hope people to get the goaltending, they get the bounces, they get through those. Those rounds that, you know, that are very tough. It's very tough to win it. You know that. And then, uh, hopefully I have enough gas left and be able to do it another time here. Well, Artie, thanks for taking the time. Uh, continued success in your recovery. I saw you about a year ago when, uh, your son Ryan, I think, was in town to play and you yeah. looked good then. And yeah. it sounds like you're doing even better now. And, uh, and I just hope you can battle through this, the, uh, late spite. That sounds debilitating. Huh. That is, that's the worst thing I got right now going, but it's tough. <laughs> <laughs> Artie, Thanks, good Mark. stuff. Thanks. Hey, I'm going to drop up tomorrow. I'll see you up at the rink. All right, buddy. I appreciate it, bud. Talk to you soon. That's Kevin Stevens, Big Artie. What a great story, and it sounds like it's uh, really headed in the right direction. And by the way, uh, when Kevin played for the Penguins, he would drop an F-bomb on the ice. You could literally hear it in the press box. Over the crowd. We weren't kidding about that. His mother, who's the greatest, she's still around. Uh, Kevin's dad, Big Artie. That, that's where he gets the name. His dad was Artie. Kevin's dad passed away a few years ago, but uh, just a great guy. And I have talked to Mrs. Stevens when she's been in town, and she would always refer to Kevin's use of that lovely word. And really, it's an art form. I don't think anybody ever used the F-bomb better than than Kevin Stevens. So thanks to Artie for joining us. Uh, The Mario Lemieux Fantasy Camp, a a great cause and certainly a great time. We got Josh Owey to talk hockey at 4.30. It's the Mark Madden Show, 105.9. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, what's happening, Mark? Loud noises! (laughs) DX at 105.9. We will keep you posted about Kevin Stevens' recovery from lace bite. Lace bite's when you tie your skates tight. If I'm not mistaken, when the lace kind of bites through the tongue of the skate... And irritates the top of your foot. Artie, Artie, <laughs> Artie said off the air, my whole body's been broken in half. He goes, not because of a skate lace, I can't even walk. Kevin Stevens, he really is the best. If you want more information on the two uh, foundations uh, Artie's working with, his own Power Forward Foundation and also Family Links, uh, go to the WXDX Twitter page. Everything you'll want to know is there. Uh, Peyton Manning sold off his 31 Papa John's pizza franchises two days before Papa John's was no longer the official pizza of the NFL. The sponsorship deal, of course, got canceled. The NFL went to Pizza Hut. Peyton Manning knew that was coming, obviously. So, is Peyton Manning guilty of insider trading? Somebody called Gordon Gecko. Uh, David Chase, the Sopranos creator, is apparently going to do a Sopranos prequel movie. That will do big business and probably be great with David Chase involved. But I don't know how you do it without the late James Gandolfini. And that show's been off HBO for, what, 10 years, maybe more? Every actor is going to be old. Or in Gandolfini's case, dead. 
And if you use totally different actors portraying the crew when they were young, you lose some of the appeal. You're seeing the same characters, but none of the same people. Then again, like I said, David Chase, he's the ace in that deck. No Quarter brought to you by CW Electrical Services. Make the switch at CWElectricalServices.com. Uh, there's more outrage over Vladimir Putin, the Russian premier. The latest is Putin mandated that all the best players in the KHL be put on St. Petersburg Siska, St. Petersburg Red Army, which is his favorite team. The whole Olympic team, give or take, is on Siska. And they're going to win the league. Siska ran away with the regular season. Hey, in the old Soviet regime, the commies, Soviet Red Army won 32 times in 46 years. When Generalissimo Franco ran Spain, his team was Real Madrid, and he made sure they won. He sent representatives into the Barcelona dressing room and told them before a big game, if you win, we'll kill your families. Madrid won 9-1. to one. If Putin rigged the U.S. election, that's one thing. I really don't care what he does with the Continental Hockey League. Uh, I posted a couple videos of Michael Schenkerfest, uh, not from last night at the Carnegie Music Hall, but two clips of the tour from Japan. Uh, Schenker was incredible last night. I, I don't want to start a top guitar player's discussion, not on the show. If you want to tweet me at Mark Madden I'd be interested in your opinion. At least that's what I'm telling you before ignoring your tweets. Uh, I really do think Michael Schenker is one of the top two or three guitar players ever. Schenker is in my top two. Jimmy Page one, Michael Schenker two, Eddie Van Halen's probably number three. I think they're all better than Hendrix. I know that makes me like a terrible person. I think they're all better than Eric Clapton, Jeff Beck. I I think Schenker's better than those guys. Uh, anyway, the, the clips are Dancer with Graham Bonnet on vocals and Save Yourself with Robin McCauley on vocals. Check them out on the Mark Madden page at WXDX.com. I was in the front row last night, and uh, for the encores, everybody like stood right at the stage. I actually got to sing the chorus of Lights Out into a microphone with Graham Bonnet. And he told me I did good, but uh, I think he was just being nice. 412-333-9939. We got Melvin and Chuck. Please do stay on hold. We'll get to you in a second. And in 30 seconds, I'm going to sing the Ballad of Connor Sherry. 105.9 The X.